The following message was preached at Gospel City Church, a church that seeks to cast a gospel net for the people of Kuala Lumpur. Good morning, church. It's good to see so many of you this morning. Let me invite you to take your Bible and open up to Matthew chapter 5. And if you do not have a Bible this morning, whether a soft copy on a phone or tablet, uh, or you didn't bring a hard copy, we have uh, some Bibles here that we would like to offer as a gift. So you can slip your hand up, and we would like to give you a copy of God's Word so that you can follow along with uh, our sermon this morning. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at the first 12 verses. My name's Chris. I'm one of the elders here at Gospel City Church, and I have the honor of kicking off our Sermon on the Mount series that we've entitled The King's Speech, which uh, is interesting, seeing that there was another king who gave a speech this week. But before we dive into this passage, let me say a couple of things just about uh, where we're at in our sermon series uh, in GCC and where we're going for the rest of the year. Because ordinarily, when we uh, preach through books of the Bible, which is what we ordinarily do, we start at the beginning and we go all the way through to the end. And uh, if you've been with us, you, you recognize that we just finished a, a three-sermon three series on GCC and what it means that we cast a gospel net. And then today we begin in Matthew chapter 5. Well, we are going to spend the next several weeks going slowly through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we think it's a really important message. Uh, in fact, some have called it the greatest sermon ever preached. And so we want to take some time to walk through it uh, and look at what Jesus is preaching uh, as it relates to the ethics of his kingdom. And then when we finish the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to go back one book in the Bible. We're going to go back to the book of Malachi in anticipation for Christmas season. And when we finish the book of Malachi, we're going to jump back into Matthew. And then we're going to go all the way through Matthew into next year. And so we'll skip over this Sermon on the Mount when we get to it in the book of Matthew. But I want you to know where we're going and what we're doing so that you don't think, hey, we missed the first four chapters. Don't worry. We're going to get back to them. It'll just be later in the year. All right? Okay, Matthew chapter 5. I'm reading from the ESV. Hopefully you have found your way there. And uh, follow along as I read. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, much better, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice 
and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and pause before we open up your word and begin to proclaim it. We ask for your guidance as we seek to understand what Jesus is teaching us in these verses that we call the Beatitudes. I pray that you would give me clarity of speech and thought to communicate, and I pray that your spirit, Lord, would take this word and apply it to our hearts, that we would rejoice at the things that we ought to rejoice in, that we would repent of the sins that we need to repent from, and Father, that you would build in us faith, faith in the one true Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the true King. Father, we give you this time. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like for you to think back this morning. Think back, I don't know, for some of you, maybe it was last week, maybe it was several years ago, but think back to the most impactful sermon you've ever heard preached. What was it about that sermon that made such an impact upon your life? Was it the preacher? Was it the way that he delivered the message? Was it the words? Was it the passage? Was it the people that you were with? Chances are, as you think back to the sermon that was so impactful, you can remember vividly certain details, not only of the sermon, but also of your surroundings. Maybe you remember who you were sitting next to. Maybe you remember the specific location of the church building or wherever you heard the message. You remember something about that. You remember whether the air conditioning was cold or whether it was hot. Perhaps you remember the the color of the painting on the walls. Maybe you remember if the the auditorium was bright or dark. Maybe you remember what time of year it was. Maybe you remember something else. But chances are you remember this message because it led to some sort of life-altering decision in your life. When, When God takes a sermon and uses it to shape you, oftentimes we remember those particular encounters. I remember in 1998 being at a meeting of, uh, at a church that I was attending in college, and there was this guy who had been invited to preach named John MacArthur. I was a new Christian. I had never heard of this guy, but people seemed to be very excited, and so I went, and I guess I was excited too. And I heard a sermon entitled, uh, that he preached, entitled, Five Compelling Reasons to Preach the Word. And as I listened to that sermon, it began to shape me. And God used that sermon to lead me to make some life-altering decisions. It was based on that message I heard that I knew that God was calling me into some sort of ministry where I could teach and, and preach His Word because it was just, it seemed so incredible that He might call me to that I wanted to follow in that way. It, it fed a deep desire to know the Bible more and to know it more clearly. 
and to be able to proclaim it in such a way that others would know Jesus and that they would desire to follow him. I remember where I was sitting as I listened to that message. Um, this, was, this is how old I am, right? This was back when they would record sermons on cassette tapes. And so as soon as the sermon was over, I went to the little office at the, end of, at the back of the auditorium where they sold the cassettes, and I bought a cassette, and I took it to my car, and I started listening to it again. And I listened to it over and over and over. I wore out the cassette tape. So I went back to the office, and I got a second cassette tape. And I listened to it, and I wore it out. And I went back, and I got a third cassette tape. And I listened to it. And you know what? Just so you know, if you come to my house, I'll show you. I still have all three cassette tapes. I went and I looked for them this week, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're still here. The problem is, I don't have a cassette player, so I couldn't listen to it. <laughs> but fortunately, somebody found it online, and it exists online, so uh, it's very cool. But it's never quite as good as the first time. Matthew, the author of the Gospel of Matthew, was, I think, impacted by Jesus' teaching. And in fact, Matthew became one of the apostles. He was one of the disciples that Jesus called to follow him, that he would make a fisher of men. And eventually, Matthew would be used by the Lord to be one of the apostles who would bring about and establish the foundations of the church that, that he was building. Matthew took these teachings of Jesus and presents them to us in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 in what we often call the Sermon on the Mount. As I mentioned earlier, people have called this the greatest sermon ever preached. We don't know exactly the time of the year, and we don't know a lot of things, but we do know that there was a hill, there was a mountain, and Jesus is explaining in this sermon the ethics of his kingdom. He, he wants his followers to know that there are differences between the kingdom of the world and his kingdom that is there because he's the king and he's arrived, but it's also a kingdom that's not yet fully established. If you were here last week, uh, we heard Kyle talk about that, right? That there is a kingdom that right now we experience and we're able to get a foretaste of the kingdom that is still yet to come. It's not a different kingdom, but it just has not been fully established. This is a kingdom that isn't just full of people who follow a particular moral code, but rather it's that they follow a king. And following that king leads to a certain type of personality trait or characterization of, of who they are, that the citizens of this kingdom live a certain way. They abide by a certain ethic. And they do not abide by this ethic in order to gain entry into the kingdom, but rather the king so changes the inhabitants that they live this way. This is a kingdom that's not driven by celebrity or popularity. It's not a kingdom that is driven by outward commendations. Rather, this kingdom is characterized by the motives of renewed regenerated hearts in the people who inhabit the kingdom as they follow the king and exalt him. You see, the inhabitants of this kingdom do not resemble proud religious people 
those who were listening to Jesus preach the sermon, they were not being called to follow the religious teachers of the day. No, they were being called to follow the true king who imitate or who exhibited a low and humble posture, uh, a character of humility. That's who King Jesus is. As we spend some time this morning looking at the preamble, the introduction to this sermon, we're going to look at verses 1 through 12 as Jesus introduces this kingdom ethic. The first two verses, we're going to see that Jesus is an in-demand preacher. He's an in-demand preacher. And then we're going to spend most of our time looking at verses 3 through 10, where we see Jesus describing an incredible kingdom. And finally, we're going to spend a few moments looking at the last two verses, verses 11 and 12, as we consider the incomparable king of the kingdom. Let's look at this in-demand preacher. Verse 1 tells us that Jesus saw crowds. At the end of chapter 4, we read about Jesus going throughout Galilee teaching, and he was proclaiming the gospel. Wouldn't you like to hear what Jesus was proclaiming the gospel before his death, burial, and resurrection? What was he saying? He was saying, I'm the king. I'm here. That's the good news, that the king has arrived, and he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's healing diseases. He's, he's casting out demons, and people were... Thank you for listening to this message. We invite you to learn more about Gospel City Church at gospelcitychurch.my.